Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and see how they hold up in the modern eye. Today, now. Yes. Take a look at how they're relevant and how they fit into this fucked up world that we live in. The zeitgeist. It's happening now. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about what movie, Rob? Babe. (laughs) The 1995 family picture. Everyone's talking about it. Directed by Chris Noonan. We we thought we'd jump on board since the whole world is talking about this movie still. Well, this was my idea and... That is the purpose of our podcast is to look at old movies, things maybe we haven't thought about in a while or things which exist in our life in a small way but we haven't thought about in the larger do you have a, scope. Do you have a micro pig at home? <laughs> is this what you're saying? I got a micro pig. Oh, my God. That's amazing. We're going to have micro bacon. <laughs> Tasty but small bacon. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute, too. Oh, that's Everything nice. smaller is cuter. Before we get into that, yeah. first of all, we want to thank our Patreons. Those are the people who give us one, three, five dollars and that gives us a purpose. It means that we don't have to be taken to pig paradise and oh, God. <laughs> turned into pork. food. Yeah. Yeah. People Human pork. is the long pig, right? <laughs> You remember right. Hannibal? Uh, yes, <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, so we're not Soylent is what you're saying. Yeah. Because of Patreon. You people bring the bacon to us. <laughs> That's fair. This is a ham-fisted analogy. <laughs> yeah. But we thank you, and in return, we also give you the podcast early and mm-hmm. ad-free. Yeah. Sometimes there's a bonus episode. Oh, we just dropped a bonus episode yeah. last week. L- last week, the bonus episode came out. It was Requiem for a Dream. So now no one's going to sign up. 
No one wants to like that's. A... I think people want to know. <laughs> oh God! Oh yeah, that was a tough one. Maybe you were one. more innocent then, but you know that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk about Babe because it's dark out there, man. <laughs> that was a good segue. There's I, a I lot didn't of, know how you pull that out. But... There's a lot of darkness. Yeah. Sometimes we have to look at the darkness. Sometimes we have to look at these movies and compare them to what's going on in the world. Right. What's going on in governance. Right. We have to look at all of the hatred that exists in the world through racism and homophobia and other forms of bigotry. And also frequently the movies that we loved so much growing up and formed parts of our identity, we have to reevaluate where they fit into our lives because the creators have turned out to be absolute monsters. But we're not doing that this week. No! <laughs> I wanted to watch something that was nice. Wholesome. Pleasant and not in some sort of smarmy way. Something that would have a positivity to it. Something that would feel good. I just, I just wanted a little bit of gentleness, Blaine. And you looked at the cover of Babe on the DVD and you went, that'll do. That'll do, pig. <laughs> yeah. So I That's thought it great. would be good. And also, I mean, th- that line at least has persisted. Oh, man, yeah. And also, when people talk about movies that are really good but positive, things like Paddington Bear 2 – Electric Boogaloo. Right. Okay. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it either, but people tell me it's really good. Like, it is fucking beyond what it should be because, you know, they put a real sort of adult effort into it and try to make it into something real instead of just being like, ah, this is a stupid, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Babe did that in 1995, motherfucker. (laughs) It did. I was really surprised at, like, the themes that it dealt with and the... The kind of love that went into this movie. Yeah. It, it definitely felt like a labor of love for all the people working on it. Now, you hadn't seen this movie before. I'd never seen this movie. I, like, I knew about You babe. abstained from pork. <laughs> I did. Well, I'm a vegetarian. Right. Rob, so I, I thought about that. I thought maybe this movie, you'd seen it and it had prompted you to have some compassion for animals. No. No, I don't care about animals. No, I do. I don't want. I don't want Babe to be cooked. No, no, no. It's because I do. Perfectly good apple. No, I. I. Yeah, I'm a vegetarian just because I don't want to think about my food, you know, suffering and stuff. Right. I don't. I'm not one of those people. You've never seen a soybean scream, have you? (laughs) No, no, I haven't. But there are those people that like will only eat. Like fruititarians or something, they'll only eat the things that fall from trees. They won't yeah. like pluck them from the tree. Oh man, yeah, that's it's a hard existence. That's a bit extreme. Yeah, I eat meat, so yeah. obviously I support. Still? After this movie, <laughs> especially you after this monster. Movie. I'm not one of those vegetarians that call the people out, man. But you're a monster. No. I won't go so far <laughs> as to say that I had a bacon sandwich while watching this movie. Sizzling in the background, <laughs> the, the secondary soundtrack. <laughs> No, that would be a bit much. But it, it is something that I think about and I have thought about. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried to become a vegetarian? I did for one month when I was in university because a I had Popeye's or... chicken. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, not because of a girl. Okay. I'm not like you, Blaine. No, I oh, – all right, fine. No, I just – it was – I had Popeye's chicken and I'd been eating so much like fucking gross – fast food yeah. as part of campus life and, you know, the freshman 15 and all that. I just felt gross. So I decided to do something 
to make myself feel a bit healthier. And you ate a salad. Uh, no, no, I had like veggie burgers with lots of stuff on them. <laughs> okay, sweet, like bacon, cheese. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sweet. Good, good. Yeah, it's you enough. can eat bacon and be a vegetarian, right? Yeah, if it's not like the main ingredient, then yeah. it's fine. I'd See, say, yeah. But ultimately, I did return to eating meat. But I have, yeah, I've dated a lot of vegetarians. I don't know why women seem to have more compassion or empathy for animals. <laughs> <laughs> you women. I. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think, know if that's fair. I don't know if that's fair. I I think that it's like I don't know. It's definitely easy for me, easier for me to be because I tried to be a vegetarian when I was in high school. Uh-huh. And A and W as part of punk rock as as part of the, yeah kind of. Were you straight edge? I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I smoked some pot. No, but wow. I I didn't like stand for the national anthem. I was very like um, against that's what cool. people. Thought I should be doing, you know, I was like, fuck the man. I just gained an ounce of respect for you. <laughs> Don't worry, by the end of the podcast, that'll go away. <laughs> yeah, so I tried to become a vegetarian because I was like, you know, society is telling me to eat meat and I don't think it's right for me. But then the week before I met Ari and my wife, I started to become a vegetarian because I saw one of those videos on Facebook of like the slaughterhouses. Oh. Fucked me up, man. Right. And I was like, maybe I should try again because I'm not cooking for anyone else. I can mm. do this. Did that video have James Cromwell in it? <laughs> just being led to the That'll slaughter? Do, pig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just old. So I think they, they just put him onto the track. And then and then it was very easy to be vegetarian after right. that because Ariane is vegetarian as well. Yeah. But like you, all my friends are like, oh, you became vegetarian. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess that's the I whole story. I didn't do that, did I? <laughs> There's no recorded Did we go to the tapes? Can we go to those tapes, please? But you've seen this movie before. Yeah, I did see this movie. This came out in 1995, so I was about 11. And I remember seeing it in the theaters during the summer at the matinees. The local cinema had a great program where they would have free movies all summer, or sometimes it would be like a dollar, but you'd get like a fuckload of popcorn and pop. And That's pretty sweet. Yeah. It I was thought a- you were going to say like a dinner and a movie kind of thing. Why would I like, want? I'm a child. Like ham in this movie. <laughs> I have to find a date. It's like I'm too young for this. Get a pogo stick and watch Babe. You know, you're fine. So I saw it probably with my siblings. I don't remember much about it except for it left me with a sort of warm feeling. But I think I did feel like it was lame. Like I resisted the fuzziness that right. came with Babe. Right, because you were like at the age where like trying to be an adult a little bit. Yeah, and I've never been a very sentimental person. No, really? Yeah. And sometimes these movies, like, they can be emotionally manipulative. Right, yeah. Like, this is us. Yeah. Fuck that show. Yeah. So, (laughs) Jesus. No, it makes me cry every goddamn time. I don't want to have that in my life. (laughs) Well, I mean, sometimes it's good to feel things. Yeah. And maybe I wanted to feel things. So I watched this movie again. Okay. You know? Yeah. That's nice. You wanted to you wanted to feel. Yeah. Okay. So I smoked a bunch of weed <laughs> and rewatched this movie. Went into a catatonic state where I could no longer feel emotions and then yeah. watch this movie. I thought I was the pig. <laughs> you know, I really felt it, man. Did you so you didn't like this movie when you first saw it? I think I recognized its quality without necessarily endorsing it. Right. 
I mean, I don't feel – when I saw this movie again, it wasn't like one of those movies that talked down to kids. No. It felt like it was a kid's movie that was on like an adult level as well. Sometimes. Maybe I just thought it should be darker. Like let's be realistic. The pig yeah. dies at the end. Oh, man. Yeah. But like you're an 80s kid, right? So like you had all the dark crystals and labyrinths and all those movies that were very Did the dark. baby die at the end of Labyrinth? I can't remember. I I don't know. I turned it off. No, <laughs> no I don't think it did. But uh, Babe didn't die at the end of this movie either. Spoiler alert. No. I think we would also, though, be remiss to mention that this follows in the footsteps of another famous pig, whatever Charlotte's Web's named pig is. Right. Not Charlotte. Not Charlotte. Charlotte. Charlotte's Monster? Is that what it's called? <laughs> that's that's okay. correct. Yeah. Charlotte's Monster. <laughs> yeah, I was confused, the two. Which I also really loved. And there was another movie I think that might have came out in the same year also about a talking pig called Gordy. Gordy? <laughs> what yeah. are you talking about, Gordy? So you what do you play hockey? Who's Gordy? <laughs> no, like the most Canadian pig name I've ever heard. There was a kid in grade one with me whose name was Gordy. Yep, and he was really religious, so he didn't believe in dinosaurs. <laughs> oh no! And then in grade four, when we did the Christmas play, this was my first role and turned me on to performing. Okay, the part that filled me with the most passion as Scrooge was that I got to swing my cane precariously close to this kid's head. No, no, no. Even as a kid, you played Scrooge? Yeah. Are you telling me? <laughs> that teacher that's had amazing. me pegged. Yeah, that's typecasting they, right from the they very could beginning. Have ca- they, they went on to a, a brilliant career in casting Hollywood films. <laughs> yeah. Dustin Hoffman and The Graduate, they were great casters. They did so- but do you, did you watch these sorts of films when you were younger, these movies that were sort of centered around animals? Like, there's James Cromwell, yes, but other than that, we don't have a human protagonist. We're just stuck with this pig. Yeah, I, I remember when we did the Chase episode with Charlie Sheen's Also a pig. Also, also for different reasons, giving pigs a bad name. I, I watched that movie because I snuck into it from another movie, and the other movie was like a long Homeward Bound or like a long way home. Oh, uh, or you, Are you fucking kidding me? You snuck out of Homeward Bound? <laughs> yeah, I snuck out of like one animal-focused movie that was these animals, their house burned down, they were going through the outback or something. I can't really remember. It, could it was be a Homeward fever Bound. Did it have Michael J. Fox? I don't know, uh, but I wanted to see Charlie Sheen more, so I went to the chase. I snuck out of it. For shame. But I didn't like those animal movies. I wasn't a big fan. That's why I didn't watch Babe. I liked uh, maybe animated movies here and there, but mm-hmm. I, I too, was like a kid that I was like, I want to be an adult. I don't want to like these movies. So Well, now they're coming back in a big way because Disney just does this for fucking everything. Oh, man. Yeah, they're going to use like a live-action mermaid for yeah. Little Mermaid, you know? Well, that's kind of cruel. I think that they should... Just use a fish. <laughs> they should just use a fish and right. paint but, the top green. Yeah, a sexy fish. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what they'll do. I don't know what they'll do, but that's it. I mean, all fish are sexy. What? <laughs> In their way. God damn it. But we're talking about a pig. <laughs> do we have to? Do we have to now that I know you find fish? Anyway. Let's... <laughs> okay, so what happens in bed? This story, it is based off a book, I should mention, because it is presented in a sort of storybook fashion mm-hmm. with, like, the chapters and the narrator. Yeah. But the book is by a guy with the greatest name in the world. <laughs> His name is Dick King Smith. <laughs> 
He's the fucking Dick King. <laughs> Or he makes Dick Kings. He's like a smith for Dick Kings. It could be. Yeah. But can you imagine you are anointed with this name at birth, Dick King Smith? That's like the toughest guy name in in Australia. I'm assuming he's Australian because everything else is Australian. That's like the toughest fucking bogan name <laughs> that you can imagine. This guy, he writes a fucking gentle story about a pig who learns to herd sheep. <laughs> It is ridiculous. The story is ridiculous. It's such a low-key story for such a big movie mm -hmm. that came. So it's about this pig named Babe. Mm -hmm. he, he seems to be an ordinary young piglet. When we first meet him, he's watching his mom being taken away to pig paradise. Right. It's, the, the narration is great because it's like, they assume the pigs go to pig paradise. It's like kind of like upbeat <laughs> little story here for the pig. And then the music's like, dun, dun. It's like a, a death march towards the gallows for this pig. Yeah. So already we see the grim realities of the agricultural world. Yeah. But Babe, he gets put up as a prize in a contest a guess-the-weight contest at the agricultural fair. And certainly you remember these events at your local agricultural fair, Blaine. <laughs> no, I grew up, I grew up in a, a little bit I of a bigger town. I won many a pig, Blaine. <laughs> I just put lipstick on them and it was totally fine. They won every award. Blaine. <laughs> okay, that's not where I thought you were going with that. I thought you were going somewhere far more gross. This is, is this back to the fish thing again? God damn it. Rob. No, but you grew up in like northern Ontario, smaller town, surrounded yeah. by farms. So, yeah. But it was kind of a mining town. So did you have like the agricultural fairs? Did we didn't you... have anything like pigs, but we like – I lived at a farm. <laughs> we had – What are pigs so far outside the range of northern Ontario? We didn't have anything like pigs. Well, That's like a city. That's a city animal, okay? That's city livestock. Blaine, I don't want to make you sound like an idiot about farm life. <laughs> You can try. But not all farmers have pigs. Not all farmers. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> For yeah. example, Farmer Hoggett, he doesn't have pigs That's at the beginning of this movie. movie. Yeah. He's not interested in having pigs. He has no interest. He's yeah. got ducks. He's sure. got cows. And, and more sheep. sheep. Mo sheep. Mostly sheep is mostly what he has. Sheep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I sometimes forget all the animals. It's like we didn't focus on that enough when we were... <laughs> Great in kindergarten and grade one, two, and three, and four. Yeah. I think my school was just repeating. What are the animals and what letter do their names start with? My friend got taken out of my school because it was so bad he didn't learn to read. And I think we just learned the barnyard animals for like four years. That's <laughs> what happened. I know sheeps. What's the problem? <laughs> S. I know S. It's fine. But Farmer Hoggett, James Cromwell, he has a moment With Babe. Mm -hmm. They have like an affinity, probably because his last name is Hoggett. <laughs> <laughs> And Babe's Babe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looking into those eyes. Now who's the weird one? <laughs> But he guesses the weight of the pig and, you know, takes a shine to him even though he fucking pees on his shoe. Yeah. Well, that's how you connect, right? It's, yeah. Uh, through accidents. Don't keep pigs. Oh, Christmas Day. Think of it. What a feast. That'll do, pig. The pig and the farmer regarded each other, and for a fleeting moment, something passed between them, 
a faint sense of some common destiny. <laughs> Strange. First time little thing hasn't screamed its head off. Now you'll have to have a guess. 16 pounds, five. Two ounces. Yeah, that's funny. There's some funny stuff. It's good. But he wins the pig, and so he has this pig. And so he figures, we're going to have a nice pig to fatten up a bit, and then maybe we can have it for Christmas dinner. Fuck, his wife is so into that. Yeah. And I hate her so much for it. She's like, oh, come here. We're going to get you really fat and fatten you up. I know. They make her look really evil. Yeah, they do. They, like, shoot her from below, like, babe looking up at her. And... But that's not fair. No. Farmer Hoggett knows how it works. His name's Farmer Hoggett. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh the wife does all the killing. <laughs> Just put a knife in her hand, and she's a machine. I just do all the inseminating. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, those are both bad jobs. I do the husbandry. I'm the husband. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Babe is in for it. But since there's no other pigs, Babe doesn't really have anybody else to connect to, so he sort of falls in with the sheepdogs. Yeah, well, that's kind of nice. The, the kind of mama sheepdog comes Fly, I think is her name. That's right. Which naming an animal another animal is just – I guess it's an insect fly. It's sheepdog. also a verb. <laughs> it's true. It's true. She's more of a walk or a run, but that's fine. And she comes up to the babe and kind of introduces herself and babe is like, where's my mom? And she's like, <laughs> bacon. And babe doesn't understand and so she's like, I'll take you under my, yeah. under my fur. She's kind of – Excuse the term. I'm just going to do it. No. I'm going to say it. She is literally (laughs) a bad dog. Literally a bad dog. What a bad dog. Because Uh, she's like, sheep are stupid and pigs are just as fucking stupid. (laughs) Yeah, but that's the thing. Like every Barnard animal thinks they're the smart one and every other animal is the dumb one. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's something to learn. Do you think that there's some sort of allegory to this like i don't know communism (laughs) (laughs) maybe communism (laughs) it's about communism right i mean there's also the kind of american dream in it of the pig you can become whatever you want even if it's a different species yeah that's true yeah yeah this is that in there this isn't an american movie though this is actually an australian film Primarily. Uh, okay. Even though James Cromwell obviously is American. And a lot of the actors speak in American accents, though there are a few with sort of British accents. Yeah. It's a weird, like, melange of, like, every English country coming together mm-hmm. into, like, one. It's just like, you know, one colonial <laughs> mess of yeah. a sheepdog show melange. at the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, but, like, Babe meet, like, meets all the other kind of animals. Yeah. yeah. But even though he is being sort of raised as a sheepdog. There are things which he is not allowed to do. Right. Which is why I think this movie is about racism. <laughs> no. He can't go inside the farmhouse. <laughs> Only cats can go inside the only farmhouse. Cats. Yeah. He can't herd sheep. No, only the dogs can do that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's it's this is like a lot of like beating him down and making him learn his place. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And it's hard. But he has an example. There is a a duck which 
thinks it's a rooster. Yeah. Which is kind of nice, but that duck's so annoying. The, <laughs> the duck is pretty annoying. Yeah. Ducks in general, they're nice to look at like on a pond yeah. for a while, but they're fucking nasty they'll steal, creatures. They'll steal your bread. They will, especially if you rip it up into little pieces. They'll steal it. <laughs> That's mine. I just I like to chew. I just like to put it on the ground for safekeeping. You fucking duck! God damn it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's little mice. There's little field mice too, which kind of like sing the intros to every chapter. Mm-hmm. But my point about the duck okay. and him thinking that he's a rooster is that he's not just doing this. At first, we think he's a little bit crazy. Like, isn't right. that silly? A duck who thinks he's a rooster? Lord you can't be something that you're not. Right. But we actually find out that he has a pretty rational <laughs> purpose for pretending to be it's a so rooster. It's so sad. It's so scary. He's like, I don't want to die. <laughs> like, please save my life. <laughs> They give him like this, like really annoying, like ah, I'm a duck, meow, meow, like voice. But I feel like he should, he should have like the please don't, please don't let me die, keep me alive voice. You think he should be Otto from The Simpsons? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> please keep me alive. Uh, yeah, I. It, it, it is <laughs> annoying. People deserve to live too, Blade. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> well, and and they lost the the rooster, right? The rooster won't crow anymore. Yeah. And so he was like, well, I can fulfill a purpose on this farm. And then I won't be killed and eaten. But they got an alarm clock instead. Yeah, that's right. That fucking farmer's wife. Jesus. I hate her so much. She gets an alarm clock. And so Ferdinand the duck enlists Babe to go and steal it. Yeah. 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 It's just like one of those like little adventures. It is. but babe- A fun little adventure <laughs> with the ever- Present specter of death looming over. <laughs> All these animals are not long for this world. Like the whole, I mean, this is this is just the harvest season coming up soon. What do you mean? Christmas. They're going to kill one of these animals to eat them. Yeah. Well, so, that does happen. I mean, Christmas does come along and yeah. the farmer's like, oh, we could have a nice suckling pig or we <laughs> could have a roast duck, orange duck. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, we've already been introduced to the duck who, even though you think he's annoying, I think has a right to live. And I would feel <laughs> bad cheering ever... on the death of one character over the other. Bread-stealing duck. Or babe. Okay, you have you have problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, it's kind Maybe... of scary coming up because the farmer has to choose. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, yeah, we're going to lose one of our friends. Yeah, exactly. Or our friend or the guy that we kind of like or should respect his existence. Although he kind of lies to Babe. He's like chaotic, good, evil kind of guy because he lies to Babe. He's like, you know, get in there, get the alarm clock. It's fine if you go in, you know, but it's right. not. He knows it's not. Yeah, that's true. He's kind of sending uh, Babe on maybe a suicide mission just to save his own life. Holy shit. Which is not nice, I'm going to say. He just, like, trips into the frying pan. <laughs> they come home. Oh, my God, what smells delicious? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the movie has a lot of these little vignettes and chapters, but unlike, say, a movie that this kind of reminded me of, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Right. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. The kid's version of The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. <laughs> That's where the Coens got it. Yeah. <laughs> this builds to something, and it's all sort of has a through line, which is the innocence 
and growth of Babe the Pig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and not just as a pig, but as a sheepdog and as like a, a communicator because yeah. he, he can talk to so many of the different animals and through his naivete. He's like Ronald Reagan, the great communicator, a great man who you can't criticize. <laughs> <laughs> Just just the holding babe next to him. He criticized me. He criticized the babe. <laughs> so he the babe is kind of like a nice you know, person that brings everyone together. Mm-hmm. But he he first has problems with the sheepdogging because uh he's not a sheepdog. <laughs> but his mom, the dog, yeah. tells Why? him yeah. yeah, that he's gotta be fucking ruthless. He's gotta bite the dog and fucking bark at it and just like you I know. know, she's like she's like like if it, disembowel these, Kill these stupid fuckers. Yeah, like decimate Bite their them. jugulars. <laughs> okay, Ma. If you don't come back with blood on your snout, you're not my son. Yeah. <laughs> this is ridiculous, Mom. Nonsense. It's only your first try. But you're treating them like equals. They're sheep. They're inferior. Oh, no, they're not. Of course they are. We are their masters, babe. Let them doubt it for a second and they'll walk all over you. Try. Get the pig out of there. Make them feel inferior. Abuse them. Insult them. Die! They'll laugh at me. Then bite them. Be ruthless. Whatever it takes, bend them to your will. Enough! Go on. Go. Yeah, it's brutal. And so Babe does bite one of the sheep's legs, and they're like, what the fuck, kid? Yeah. What are you doing? I thought we had, like, a friendship here. Yeah. And then he just sort of talks to them and is nice to them, and they sort of follow him after yeah. that. Which is an important lesson. Don't just bite your friends. No. Talk to them. And I apologize, Blair. <laughs> Thank you for it using your words to say that instead of trying you know, to bite your apology. Would have been me. better if you went through that gate. <laughs> uh, but uh, Babe kind of steps up and kind of learns and, and does actually succeed at sheepdogging a little bit. Yeah, though there is like one more bit of conflict before he comes to his true sheepdoggery mm-hmm. because some at one point some wolves attack the sheep and everybody thinks it's Babe. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought you were going to say about the uh, the guys that steal all the sheep, and Babe kind of protects half the herd from being stolen. Oh yeah, that happens too. He's great. Yeah, yeah he's pretty great. And that's when James Cromwell first is like, "Oh, that's a good pig." Yeah, you know, that's I'm not. That's not an eating pig. <laughs> that's like a smart pig. That's a companion pig. <laughs> that's a pig you have in your bed. <laughs> that's a pig you throw an arm around late at night. Wasn't there something a long time ago where like George Clooney had a pet pig and he would sleep with the pig? What? Yeah. Is this <laughs> before he was married to Amal Clooney? He was a bachelor and he yeah. would just he apparently he had like a big pot-bellied pig and he would just sleep in this bed with his pig. Oh my god. Yeah. Imagine being a mall and like <laughs> hearing his sweet nothings in the middle of the night. George. <laughs> <laughs> Stop calling me a pig. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. That's really weird. He yeah. might have had some other options. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was I thought, thought that part was pretty dark because we know that fucking pigs they they can be vicious. Well, they eat the whole human body, from my understanding of Deadwood. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Mister Wu. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the trailer? I did see the trailer. I didn't yet, so don't spoil it for me. There's nothing to spoil. Okay, it's just a lot of like characters saying <laughs> things that their characters clapboard say. shacks. And <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of like it's a lot of like swearing and being like, I need to do this crafty. Like, what about you, Bullock? And him like, 
I'm going to do it straight laced. <laughs> and then, like, like, that's the end of the trailer. Like, what? Yes, Deadwood's back. <laughs> right, yeah. It felt like the writer was kind of figuring out their characters again. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, this is the straight laced one. I'll have him say that. <laughs> Classic David Milch. <laughs> but I was going to say there's a real story about, like, you know, a farmer in New Zealand, farmer's wife in New Zealand, who went out to feed the pigs and had some sort of, like, I don't know, aneurysm or stroke, and then Jesus. they didn't find much of her. Well, that's that killers use that all even nowadays. They use uh, you know pigs to dispose of bodies. Yeah, in but, Canada that happened. In but DC. doesn't that make you feel a little bit better about eating pigs? <laughs> <laughs> Unless they've eaten people, because then you could get some sort of weird prion disease. <laughs> <laughs> like you'll only eat something that can eat me. <laughs> all right, all right. I see, yeah. the, I see the, the logic in that. That's right. It's called Eat or a, be eaten. Yeah, it's called a it's called a ferritarian. <laughs> ferritarian. Yeah, like it's a fair fight. Oh, I thought it was like a ferret. <laughs> no Do ferrets eat people. No, those don't have enough nutrition to sustain a human body. Oh my I've god! Tried. There goes <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, so the end of this movie is the big sheepdog competition where James Cromwell decides to enter. Babe into the sheepdog competition, and he initially feels like a little bit morally compromised doing this because Babe, the pig, is not a sheepdog. No, no. But He's a pig. He writes pig on the name of the sheepdog, and so he figures it's sort of like. Eh. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't say what's the name of your sheepdog. It says entrant, so he's fine. Yeah, he sails on by morally. Yeah, yeah. But his wife is so down on him. It's like she doesn't want him to enter the, the pig into the competition. She doesn't even know about it because he won't tell her because she'll, you know, ex-nay it. Mm-hmm. So when she sees him bring the pig onto the field on TV because this is like the most publicized sheepdog competition in the world. Well. Because all of English-speaking countries are in one. First of all, Australia has a mighty sheeping culture. Okay. They are all over the sheep. <laughs> and the sheep are all over Australia. Okay. They love they love it. They love to eat their sheep. Okay, good. Not nary a thought is given to the well being of the sheep. They love to eat the sheep. Yeah. Is there only one sheep? Okay. That's I didn't know that Australians were so into sheep. We do have some Australian listeners, so we do. They can tell us if we're wrong. Yes. You love sheep. (laughs) You can tell us. Let us know. Did you ever see Black Sheep? It was like a Australian. The, the, wait, the uh, the David Spade. T- uh, no, no, it was another one. It was like Farley a horror movie, movie about a uh, sheep that starts mutating and like kills the farmers and stuff. No, uh, it's I haven't funny. seen that. It's like a horror comedy. Okay. It's good. Anyway, that doesn't happen at the end of this. Yeah, James Cromwell brings the pig onto the field. His wife watching on TV blubbers with tears mm-hmm. because she's so ashamed so of ashamed. her husband. And I was like, come on. Yeah. You know, give the guy a little bit. It's a bit much. I know. Like, believe in believe in your spouse, you know? Yeah. So he – this is – I love this part because it's so well-directed. All the silences and all the shots in it. Uh, really mm-hmm. good. Anyway, Babe learns how to speak. He, like, learns this mantra from the sheep. Yeah. At first word. he doesn't know how to speak to these sheep because he has no familiarity with them. But the sheep that he does know realize – and so they tell the dog the special mm-hmm. sheep song, and then the dog runs up and tells him, and then he hurts the sheep, and he doesn't get killed. 
That's the end. He doesn't get killed. Yeah. I'll spare you, pig. Because what I forgot That's to not- mention was that at one point the cat tells him, by the way, this pig paradise thing is bullshit. Yeah. It they eat the pigs, and furthermore, the farmer eats the pig. So now Babe knows he's sheepdogging for his life. <laughs> And the the kind of mean sheepdog all the way along that didn't like Babe because Babe was a pig. Rex. In a sheepdog job. Kind of, you know, he saves the day in the end. Mm-hmm. He gets the, the sheep chant and he tells it to Babe. And uh, and then in complete silence, Babe herds all the sheep. It's like this cute little scene. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was good. That's Babe. That's Babe. It's a wonderful... It's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is a movie. And yeah. now, after the break, we'll get into all the horrible behind-the-scenes things. Yeah. Where everyone died on set. That's right. The tragedy, <laughs> the scandal, <laughs> the actors we don't mention anymore. Oh, my God. After this break. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. We're back. It's rewatchability. We're talking about Babe. It's the pig. <laughs> not, not to be confused with the John Goodman movie, The Babe. Yeah, that, that's right. This is Ah Babe. Yeah. <laughs> right, just one. It's also not Babe the Big Blue Ox. Right, Don't yeah. get confused with that. Exactly. They didn't do the alien thing, like Alien and Aliens, for the second Babe movie. Yeah, that's right. It, they, they didn't just call it Babes, because I think kids <laughs> would have looked that up online. Yeah, that's that would have been bad. Like a, a horny 1980s Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> yeah, where he's once again pretending to be a woman yeah. just to get women. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I do have some trivia for you. Oh, my God. For okay. Babe. And I know nothing about this movie. This is all going to be guesses. Let's let's go. I'm yeah. excited. Well, you better watch out because some of these are, are toughies. Okay. <laughs> okay. Question the first. The actress who does the voice of Fly is a voice actress. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but she also has a corporeal form <laughs> and appears in the movie Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 at least. Okay. Who does she portray in the Harry Potter universe? Uh, does she portray Harry Potter's mom? No. Fuck. Yeah, I know. This was sort of an unfair question. It's just that you've shown us that you have a blind spot of these Harry Potter movies. <laughs> and now whenever I see an actress or an actor in the Harry Potter movies, I'm like, yeah, Blaine's not going to know that shit. Oh, I'm going to have to watch them just to like <laughs> have a leg to stand on here. I mean, so don't who, you feel like you should? Uh, no. But no. who who, <laughs> who was it? She plays Professor Pomona Sprout. Oh, yes. Classic character. Famous Professor Teaches Sprout. Teaches the Potters that sprouting spell... Which is very comes in handy, and, and that's and that's when Harry Potter becomes a man when he first sprouts. That's nice. 
Yeah. Okay, good. But there's some other important voices in this movie. For example, did you recognize the voice of Rex? Uh, no, I did not. Well, let me tell you, it is another famous Australian actor who you see in everything, sort of Aussie, Hugo Weaving. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right. Pre-Matrix, pre-Lord of the Rings. Hello, Mr. Babe. <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah, there's another actor who is also in The Matrix, but I can't remember his deal because he's not Hugo Weaving. Right. There's only one of him. <laughs> And he didn't play a spider, which is, you know, a miss for that last name. Yeah. Yeah. So before he was in Babe, James Cromwell had a part in another Babe movie, The Babe, as a priest. And I don't know if you're going to be able to get this one because you certainly haven't indicated that you have prior knowledge of this through the conversation that we've had up to this point. But who played The Babe, Babe Ruth, in this film, The Babe? John Goodman. You're correct. Boom. But did you realize that (laughs) James Cromwell was in that film? No, I haven't seen that film in ages. No, me neither. We should probably watch that. Yeah, I feel like I saw parts of it on TBS when I was a kid. I feel like without having gone back and watching it that James Cromwell plays the priest who looks after Babe Ruth in the orphanage. Because isn't it like, if I remember correctly, in my mind's eye, I see him like playing baseball in the orphanage. Possibly even James Cromwell plays some baseball. Right. Okay, that'd be cool. Yeah. Little connection there. He loves babes. <laughs> Imagine him just picking up John Goodman, like being like, how much do you weigh? That'll do, pig. Maybe, oh, that's mean. Maybe I'll win you. <laughs> okay, question the third. So this is a Australian-produced film, mm-hmm. and it was actually nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars in 1996. Whoa, really? Absolutely. <laughs> That's, that feels like a lie that yeah. you're trying to get me to believe. It is not. Wow. But it was beat out by a movie whose director-producer also had an Australian connection. Can you name that movie and the director? Uh, what was it nominated for? Best, Best movie? picture. Best picture? Oh my god! Um, nineteen ninety six. Uh, I'm trying to think of things that came out in ninety five. Man, no, that's hard. What? Who? Who was it? The movie was Braveheart. <laughs> what? And the director producer was Mel fucking Gibson. Wow. Yeah, this was nominated for a lot of Oscars, like five or something, and <laughs> it won one. It won best effects, visual effects. Okay. But everybody else that it lost to has turned out to be a terrible person. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's been vindicated by history. <laughs> so who are the other people? Mel Gibson. So the director Chris Noonan was nominated for best director, okay. but lost to Mel Gibson. Okay. Best Supporting Actor, James Cromwell, was nominated. His only nomination. This actor who has given us so many kings and princes, and I think he's probably played Prince Philip like nine times. (laughs) Who did he lose out to? He lost out to Mr. fucking Kevin Spacey. Yeah, that's right. For The Usual Suspects, a movie that can just go fuck itself. Uh, A movie whose whose title has become so appropriate in this conversation. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Oh, my God. Other movies that were nominated that year were Apollo 13. Right. Oh, and Tom Hanks. Yeah. Il Postino. Okay. Yeah. And Sense and Sensibility. Oh, wow. But even being nominated a movie like this, like a family movie, 
that's pretty remarkable. But look at those titles. I mean, that's this. It's not a crowded playing field from what it seems in 1995. Have you seen Il Postino? <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's a great film. All those films are great. It's just I don't know. Okay, it doesn't seem like there was a. I I just uh, do you think Babe should have been nominated for Best Picture? Well, I I don't know if it was the Best Picture, but I think that a it's making a story in a new and interesting way. It's doing a lot with it. I think that it. In sort of turning away from like some of the commercial aspects of films and telling like a nice sort of story is doing something that's different enough that it should be at least considered for a nomination. It's an original film. It's trying to say something. It does something. It's gentle. It's heartwarming. Those are qualities that sometimes movies forget to do or when they try to do them, they do them in such a cheap or manipulative way that they don't respond. Usually the films that win at the Oscars are the films that, like, you know, they jerk your tears or they're connected to, like, an issue or a larger sort of picture that people have a lot invested in. Not saying that this movie doesn't. Vegans or vegetarians. (laughs) In fact... No, I think I think that was really well said until the last part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that you people are ruining this movie. Is that what I'm you saying? You people. Uh, well, okay, what I wanted to segue into was that James Cromwell actually, he had a big personal transformation Okay. during this film. James Cromwell, you know, he was always a political guy, and we remember him from Revenge of the Nerds, right. <laughs> other, <laughs> other films. But he, it, he unimpeachable films, yeah. He became a vegan after doing this movie. Oh wow! He was already a vegetarian, but he was like, "I'm going to, I'm done with pig's milk and <laughs> pig's eggs." Okay, yeah, you can't eat those pig eggs. <laughs> that's enough of them. Yeah, if you find a pig egg, leave it be. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's that's. I'm only eating soy pig eggs now. <laughs> There's something wrong with nature when you find a pig egg. That's the start of a horror movie, right? I there. thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, he had a personal connection. And there was nice. another personal connection that he had the scene where he says that famous line, that'll do pig. The one that has sort of become a meme mm-hmm. me. Yeah, okay. It's a it's a it's a beautiful little moment that sort of encapsulates everything in this movie. Yeah. He says that while he was filming that, he looked into the camera and he had an experience where he saw himself. But when he saw himself, he saw himself as his father, and he heard his father say, that'll do Jamie. Wow. And though every single human in the stands or in the commentary boxes was at a complete loss for words, the man who in his life had uttered fewer words than any of them knew exactly what to say. That'll do, Piggy. That'll do. That's uh, he was fucking high on set, wasn't so he? So high, <laughs> he was just <laughs> that Cromwell Cush is fucking. <laughs> the that'll Cromwell fuck you Cush. up. It's good. It's good stuff. I love his. I love his work. <laughs> Canada loves your work, Mister Cromwell. But I thought that was beautiful, and in like a more pretentious actor, like uh, what's his fucking name, uh, Lincoln. Yeah, okay, Daniel, Daniel Day Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. You're like, okay, yeah, you fucking sure. 
Sure, yeah. you went into the past and you saw yourself as Lincoln and transformed but, your goddamn life. <laughs> but it's nice because James Cromwell seems like a nice kind of guy. And he had like a nice, beautiful, personal moment yeah. in this film. And I, I just thought that was pretty. That's really nice. Pretty nice. Was it? The, did you do you know anything else about it? Like, was his father like a hard man to him, and he never got to like f- hear that from his father? Or? He slaughtered his favorite pig. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. There's a the pig's name was Jamie. I think I remembered perhaps because this is where that moment comes from. I just found it in the IMDb trivia, but I think I remember that he did a "What the fuck" with Mark Maron, which mm. I remember listening to, which was great. And I love listening to all the actor ones because, especially when they talk about their like theater days, it's right. like I did True West with Mickey Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like an off off Broadway, and there were roaches falling from the ceiling. Yeah, I love those. I love those stories. Mickey but Rourke I, bit me because he couldn't communicate. But I remember the James Cromwell one being really good, and him just having like a really great perspective and being like a really grounded actor, and he, he, having those. I think there was something about his experience with his father, yeah. which was very touching. Yeah, well, that's yeah. nice. Some other things about this movie. The score was done by a nice-sounding bloke named Nigel Westlake. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Not his evil twin, Nigel Eastlake. (laughs) But originally, they contracted Jerry Goldsmith to do the score, but it was too fucking dark. (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, the score was kind of dark every time animals were being carted away to the slaughter. I can only imagine what Jerry Goldsmith would do. Yeah, well, maybe he... Just had that all the way through. Like, it's not, there's no moment to forget about the fact that all these animals are going to be killed and eaten yeah. deliciously. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to use musical instrument. I'm just going to use the, the instruments of slaughter to make the music for this film. That's it's right. It's like all buzzsaws. It's like and... a music concrete thing. Yeah. Is that what that is? Music concrete. Yeah. <laughs> John Cage, Slaughterhouse, Opus. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Just all sorts of like pig squealing and stuff. It's like, oh my God, we can't use this, Jerry. Yeah. Then you can't use me. He walks yeah. out. That's great. Well, the the effects, it won for effects, and they're, they're pretty cool. I remember them it kind of being the first time that they were actually using... The lips making the lip, animals' lips move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because before that, it was kind of the th- animals would think aloud and hear each other through some sort of animal yeah, telepathy. Right. They would think aloud and go look at something else that was more interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this movie was very innovative in that it sort of blended both that technology with the use of animatronics and the use of live fucking animals. Yeah. So they had one... (laughs) Live fucking animals. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. You'd have to close the set. That's all I know about SAG rules. They had an animatronic pig that was designed by the Jim Henson company. That's cool. And that was used in conjunction with 48 pigs... Wow. Yeah, they, they was used 48 pigs? 48. So they had to glue that stupid little toupee onto 48 pigs? That's right, yeah. That one tuft of hair that made <laughs> him look like someone was trying to make a Mr. Potato Head out of a pig? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they were committed, and that's why they won the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the effects? I thought the lip moving was pretty great, but the animatronics, eh, some parts, like, the duck animatronic was pretty bad. The duck wasn't so great, but I thought Babe was pretty good. Yeah. 
There was thousands of animals that they had to use to make this film. That they had to harm in making this film. Yeah, yeah. For Just for craft services. And not the usual Hollywood animals. Actual animals. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't even wait to the end of the credits to see if they said no animals were harmed in the making of this movie. Yeah, they probably had harmed lots of them. Or at least, like, those pigs that played Babe would have made a good end-of-shoot meal for everybody. <laughs> Just like, just like, walk them onto craft services. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, but this movie was directed by Chris Noonan, but produced by George Miller and done from a script by George Miller and Chris Noonan. And of course, George Miller is most famous for not gonna Blaine. Help you out. I'm not gonna help you out. Help me out. It's called knowing shit. <laughs> He's most famous for being the writer, director, auteur behind the Mad Max franchise. Oh, So right. when he lost Best Director and Best Film to Mel Gibson, it was like it was like being stabbed by your own child. <laughs> he made Mel Gibson. It would have been great if, like, out in the parking lot, they just got into their cars and went at it <laughs> for the one trophy in the middle of the parking lot. Yeah. But this was a labor of love for him. He spent over 10 years Whoa. trying to get this made. Holy shit, really? Yeah. My God, this seems like kind of – like the idea seems like a cash grab. It's like, oh, a lot of people take their kids to the movie and so we'll get like four instead of one entry fee and you know, we'll do this for families. It just seems kind of like a little bit of – but he spent 10 years on it? That's insane. Yeah. That's great. That's this guy's thing. He loves post-apocalyptic wastelands and happy farms. I feel like he needed – like you needed to, to do this movie. He needed to do this movie to be like sometimes there's a blue sky. Yeah. Sometimes that sky is all right. Well, evidently he didn't get all of it up because he also did Happy Feet. That sounds pretty chill too. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to destroy something. But they all – I think they all have like a, a message, like an environmentally concerned message you yeah. might be able to read in Mad Max. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And this is like, hey, animals have feelings and stuff like that. Even though yeah. it doesn't directly go against the barnyard system. Like he doesn't like cause some sort of revolution so that all the barnyard animals are allowed to live out their lives happily. I know. He's going to go back to the farm. He's going to be safe, but yeah. every other animal is going to be His duck friend's probably dead. <laughs> it's duck à l'orange right now. <laughs> that's right. He just finds his friend's head by the woodpile. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, Ferdinand. <laughs> you all right? You all right, Ferdinand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, would be, it would have been great if George Miller had this, like, you know, a little call forward to to um, Mad Max yeah. Furry Road and had, like, you know, the the animals being carted off being like, witness me. You know, it would have been nice. It would have been nice. Yeah. The voice of Babe was Christine Cavanaugh. And do you know any of the voices that she uh, has famously portrayed? No. No? You didn't recognize her as Chucky Finster from Rugrats? No, I didn't. I, didn't, I never watched Rugrats. Well, you never watched Rugrats? No, no. Oh, fuck. Blaine, let me tell you, Rugrats was fucking so good. <laughs> okay, sweet. I mean, it's one of the most intelligent shows for kids, but also was a lot of fun. Nice. All it's right. so good. Also, like, Mark Mothersbaugh did this theme. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Boom, 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 I remember that. Boom, boom. It's good. Okay. I, someday we should rewatch it. But it's... Anyway, she also did the voice of Dexter from Dexter's Lab. 
Oh, I thought you meant like the live action. No. Okay. <laughs> no, no. That was also Michael C. Hall providing the voice. <laughs> Does Michael C. Hall's body and Babe's voice? Like his over? voice isn't quite right. <laughs> <laughs> he looks pretty sinister. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the inner monologue is provided. Yeah, but she passed away in 2014. Oh, wow. Just at the age of... 54. Oh, wow, that's young. Yeah, but she'd also, it seems like, uh, sort of retired from voice acting long before that, as early as maybe 2001. Also, she wasn't in the Babe sequel because she asked for too much money, apparently. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But like, she, you're, you aren't the pig. You're just the voice of the pig. Get she was the pig. Yeah, I think she was a pig. I think she she earned that. She acted the hell out of Babe. I yeah. felt for Babe. And, like, he, I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a live pig, but it's also an animatronic pig. So she made that come to life. For sure. It's twice as hard. Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, there is the, the sequel, Babe, Pig in the City. Yeah. I I know that movie a little bit more because I think that a lot of my friends are like, that's that's the good Babe movie. Yeah. It is sort of commonly acknowledged as one of those movies where the sequel is better than the original, like, Godfather 2, right. Short Circuit 2. Terminator 2, maybe? maybe. Terminator 2. I think so. Yeah, but I haven't seen it. I, I would like to watch it, I think. Yeah, I mean, I assume it's Babe getting, like, a mailroom job and working his way up to CEO of a company. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He yeah. invents the hula hoop. <laughs> exactly. But for kids. B- babe Inc., yeah. Yeah. No, no, he has to become a prostitute and walks the streets. <laughs> oh, chop. It's more like Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> now, there's lipstick on a pig. That's awful. No, but it's supposed <laughs> to be good. I would like to see it. Someday, maybe we can do it. Yeah. 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 Maybe we will. But maybe this will do. <laughs> this will do. So yeah. did you – how did you feel rewatching it? I felt pretty damn good. Yeah? Do you feel better about life now? Yeah, sort of. I mean I think that these movies are necessary and I think that not everything has to be related to what's going on or the bad things that are happening in the world. That's not to say that – confronting bad things has to be a bummer. Like, you can be positive and also have, like, a message. But this just, this felt like it was just a really nice, yeah. you know, it was like a nice meal. It's very wholesome. It feels good to have watched. Yeah. Like, you know? every, every time I go to pitch something to, like, a production studio or something, they're always like, well, why is this relevant now? I'm like, does it have to always be so relevant? Can't it just be funny? Can't it just be, like, a break from yeah. the copious amounts of news that we're bombarded with. You know, it's not about Trump. <laughs> no. No. As much as you want to make Trump into a pig and, you know, it's just babe. It's not it's, relevant to the world. No, it's just a nice story. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You, you liked rewatching it. I liked rewatching it. I enjoyed it. What about you, Blaine? I thought this was a nice movie. I'd never seen it before. I, I I think that you're right. It's one of those movies that's kind of a, a solve to the chaotic day-to-day, drink your coffee, get up, go to work, read the paper on the subway, and mm-hmm. you know, fight your way out the door to your job. You can, like, watch Babe when you come home, and it's alright. I mean, if you have kids, watch it with your kids. If you don't have kids, I, I don't know that you need to watch it. We just watched... None of us have kids. You and I just watched this movie. Well, I mean, it's a little bit weird. Like, you're just coming home and watching a children's movie. 
No, I mean it's fine. Watch something with some import that has that has to do with day to day. I think that there's something that everybody can learn from this. Yeah, and I thought the... like it's still okay to eat pigs. <laughs> That's the message. That's the message for sure. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was cute. I didn't think there was like the I don't know if it should have been nominated for. I, I see your point about the Oscars that it doesn't have to be like a movie that's changing the game. Like it needs to be nominated for an Oscar. It can just be a solid movie. And I do think the moving the animals' mouths or whatever they did to get the stuff. I'd picture someone with like a green glove on, like just like <laughs> moving their lips back and forth with their fingers. Uh, but I'm not sure how they did it. But yeah, it was it was pretty effective. And I thought the the story was too, especially that ending with the the silence and the directing of the gate closing and everyone cheering and. Uh, yeah, it got me in the feels. Yeah. Well, I think I would challenge the idea that the Oscar is about good movies winning. <laughs> well, that would be very easy to challenge. I'd say. Yeah, for I mean, sure. movies that are like the movies that we want, because let's be honest, you and I are the smartest people. Well, the things that's that... why we have a podcast. Not just anyone can do this. No, no, okay. no, no. But we have the best taste <laughs> the greatest opinions. And so we know that the best movies sh- should win the Oscars. The movies that we like, the movies that mm. moved us. Right. However, back in 1995, it wasn't really like that. It was more general. There was less like media knowledge. Not everybody could just like look on the internet to see what the best movies were. Nah, that's you know. Yeah. So I think when this movie came, it was a breath of fresh air. Smelled kind of like pig shit. <laughs> but that cleared the way. Right. For for its excellence. <laughs> its excrement. That's great. That's <laughs> At awesome. the Oscars. Yeah. You yeah. know, for sure it should have won over Braveheart. Braveheart sucks. Oh, I kind of like Braveheart. I mean, I loved Braveheart when I was a kid, but A, it's historically inaccurate. Y- yes. Yes. B, there's some fucking terrible parts to it. Yeah. Like we've talked about on the Braveheart episode. <laughs> yeah, you can check that out. Nobody throws their son out the window <laughs> in Babe. <laughs> There's no defenestration in Babe. No, no. No, that's fair. Yeah. And that's rewatchability for this week. You can find us on Apple Podcasts where you can listen to all of our other episodes. We do all the movies that aren't about pigs or <laughs> the ones that are about pigs in a different sense of the word. <laughs> where you can subscribe, you can rate us. Also, if you like our podcast, you can give on Patreon and you can have access to that special bonus episode. Yeah, Requiem for a Dream. Plus the podcast ad-free and early. Yeah. Also, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. You can contact us there. Mm-hmm. And you can show up at Rob's apartment. Show up on Rob's apartment if you have a fucking nice piece of bacon. <laughs> if you have a nice bacon sandwich. Not just one piece of bacon. I need more than that. Just two loaves of bread and a pound of bacon. I didn't eat lunch before we did this. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.